Welcome back to episode 52 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, who is no longer grinding depth charts, no longer grinding beat reports, no longer having to sweat out fourth string quarterbacks. Fresh off your first full-time preseason duties. Those are are now in the past. You can focus on the regular season. How are you feeling after that three-week grind? Yeah, man, I'm good. I, I miss it a little bit. Um, you know, it yeah. was a lot of fun. I, you know, our subscribers had a ton of success, which obviously, look, it's not as as rewarding as me winning a huge GPP, but I got to tell you, it's it's close. I love seeing all you guys out there, you know, taking down tournaments. And I think of like the seven or eight main slates, I think at least half were taken down by ETR sub. So, man, that, that felt great. And now I'm just excited to roll it right into regular season. Um, you know, I already started getting working on week one a little bit, have some articles to write, do next week, craziest <laughs> fantasy, fantasy draft season, uh, best balls wrapping up, just like one of my favorite weeks of the year right now, the week before the first NFL, Thursday, Sunday, very excited. The last time of, of the year until I guess February, uh, as we ro- as we'll roll into XFL season come February, the last time of the year for you and I to have sex. Exactly. I was going to say the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> Not and, with you know, each other, of course. Wait, but... Well, you know, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think, um, yeah, the only night that it would even be a possibility for me is if I win another million dollars, I think. So we'll see. Uh, got, have something to strive for, at least. So, uh, man, I am so sorry to my father-in-law who listens to this podcast. Um, anyway. Good stuff. Yeah, everything's everything's really great for for NFL uh, NBA news heating up as well as we're only like a month out of training camp there baseball rolling right along Aaron Judge uh, on his way to, you know, at least, you know, on pace to at least uh, break Roger Maris's record, which is the real record. If you ask me, hit his 51st home run last night. Um, So lots of fun stuff going on in sports. The U.S. Open. I'm going to the U.S. Open for tennis on Monday. First time I've ever been there despite it being in my backyard. But Cody. As great as all that stuff is, does any of it really matter when NFL's eight days away? No, this is, I mean, for, for us, for ETR, for football, for for just span, fans of sports in general, I mean, this is, this as you mentioned, this is like the biggest week of the year. Everyone's doing their fantasy drafts. Everyone's got their home league drafts this weekend. So, yeah, this is a massive, massive week for everybody, uh, you know, sports fans in general and for everyone in our little industry as well. But you mentioned the Yankees. You mentioned Aaron Judge, we'd be remiss if we didn't kick off the show with another Yankee, another record breaker, a $12.6 million SGC 9.5, 52 Mickey Mantle, an absolutely absurd sale. Not that anyone was surprised by it, but just an absurd sale in the sports card world obviously shatters the previous record of the Honus Wagner first eight figure sports card sale in history. I don't know. I was I was I was looking at uh, you know everything surrounding the sale. I was more fascinated, as I generally am with these with these types of you know eight figure, seven figure sales. I was more fascinated by the stories surrounding the card itself than I was with you know the twelve point six million dollar figure that kind of catches everyone's eyes. I, I know it was a big deal when my wife brings it up to me. She says, "Did you see the sale for this twelve point six million dollar card?" So yeah, of course I saw that. That you know, that's to be expected, right? But <laughs> I always find find these stories around the cards as fascinating as the sale itself. So looking up, doing a little bit of research before the show, uh, in 1988, a writer for Sports Sports Collectors Digest suggested that the top for this card might be in the four figure range. So <laughs> you know, we we kind of eclipsed that uh, that figure here in 2022, but. Uh, even even cooler, I thought. You know, bought in 1991 by a die, diehard Yankees fan for 50k. Turned that 50k into a cool 12.6 million just for holding a piece of cardboard 
thought that was pretty fascinating as well. And then the other thought, the other part that I found interesting was Alan Rosen discovered this card, one of 65 Mickey Mantles he bought um, back in the 80s. And there's only three PSA 10s in existence. So I thought, you know, what what's going to happen when one of those PSA 10s goes up for sale? I've seen suggestions that it could be a $30 million card, could be a $50 million card. Um, you know, the, this is obviously the holy grail of the hobby. What were your thoughts on the SGC 9.5 that sold for 12.6 million? Yeah, and there's a lot of murmurings that one of those PSA 10s, the one, one that was on display at the National, that that may be up for auction sooner than later. So, yes, I mean, this 12.5 million number is just staggering, but I think it's not going to hold very long because the same card is going to break its record. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to go for. I mean, a perfect grade. Uh, you know, th this SGC 9.5 up to this point is the best you know, best condition copy of this card to hit the market. And you could see that. I don't know. I love it, man. I just love it. First of all, as a Yankee fan, I just love that Mickey Mantle holds the cake here. Uh, you know, it's packed yeah. past the Onus Wagner, um, you know, or just any kind of LeBron James, Michael Jordan, any, it doesn't matter. Like this is, this is the the pinnacle, the 52 mantle. I just, and it's, it's just a beautiful card. I, I love the painted look. And um, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, it makes me very happy to know that the high end is still there, even if it's in the form of vintage and baseball. But that's, you know, that is what cards started as in America, right? Baseball cards were the OG. Um, and, you know, Mickey Mantle, certainly, you know, top 10 baseball player of all time and great New York Yankee. And it's just great, great to see these kind of kind of sales still. Very happy. You know, we can we continue to see these massive sales and vintage, and it doesn't seem like there's any slowing down. You know, the previous record was Honus Wagner. You have the Gretzky cards that have sold for, for over a million, just two of those in existence in the perfect PSA 10 grade. You have obviously the mantle sale. I, it, made, it made me wonder, and this is kind of the, one of the first thoughts that I had as I, you know, you and I are both fairly new to the hobby and, and mostly focused on modern. Do you ever think that there's going to be a modern card or, or even an ultra modern card that eclipses one of these mantle sales or Honus Wagner sales? Is there going to be one of them that someday in the future, given the pop counts of everything out there right now, given the, you know, the, the supply of the more recent classes, are, are we going to see a sale of 12.5 million plus for anything that's considered modern? For a, like Chrome base, like their, their, their flagship rookie card for any kind of modern player. I do not think so. Um, I mean, maybe a one-on-one prism type of thing like that, like, like for a Mahomes or, or an Allen or a Juan Soto or, or something like that, like maybe one day in 30, 40 years, that would be the card. But the only thing that has the only type of cards that have chances to do it, we've seen numbers like that for, uh, you know, our, our RPAs and the big, yeah. the big time one-on-one shield autos, you know, Justin Herbert's best card is on Golden's uh, elite auction this month. The, his shield RPA from national treasures. Um, I, I, I don't know what's going to go for. It's going to go for something absolutely crazy. Probably well over a million dollars. So, um, you know, I think that those have the chance, you know, if, if players like that. But from a prism standpoint, from a top scrum standpoint, I would be shocked if we ever see anything like that. And the, and the only thing, you know, the difference between now and then is is the refractor run and, and the serial numbers and stuff like that. So it would have to be a one of one prism or tops chrome or something like that of a who somebody that ends up being a top five player of all time in their sport. And even then, I think by the time we even hit a number like that, it would be 40, 50 years after their career. So we're talking... 30 to 40 years before I even think it's a real possibility. Um, but never say never. I mean, it, I think it's possible. Right. There, there is something, you know, somewhat romantic, somewhat just like a true art form, these mantle cards, the, the Wagner cards. It's just a true piece uh, of art. And I think that that obviously is going to carry weight for a long time to come. Yep. Agreed. Agreed there. All right, buddy. The calendar turning to September can only mean 
one thing real football i know i know everyone hated preseason everyone wants to tilt preseason it's not a real game why are people betting on it you're sick if you're if you're betting on preseason football but real football is right around the corner many of you are as i mentioned preparing for your home league drafts this weekend is going to be an absolutely massive weekend for the fantasy football world the entire summer it's it's what we've all been waiting for so what better way to get our collectible minds right heading into the regular season and with a sports car draft of our own. We did this last year with Adam. If you remember, we used fractional platform dibs to select four quarterbacks, one wide receiver, one running back. And we kind of tracked that price movement throughout the regular season. We're going to switch it up a little bit, but as always, the goal for us today is to make the most money possible. So we're not necessarily looking for which cards will be the most expensive at the end of the season or at the midpoint midway point of the season. We're just looking for which cards have increased the most. That's right. We're looking for Delta. So doesn't matter if the card starts at 100 and ends at 200. We're looking for Delta. So so keep that in mind as we're going through this draft. Um, we're going to keep it current. We're going to we're going to focus on you know everything heading into the 2022 NFL season in order to make it fair because we can't predict the future with 100% certainty. We're going to kind of look at like the midway point because we know some of the quarterbacks that we draft today are, are likely going to be out of the playoff hunt by week you know, 14, 15, 16, or maybe even sooner than that. So we're going to kind of keep this relatively current uh, while still trying to avoid, you know, just one week spikes in prices. We're going to keep an eye on this as uh, basically the slightly after the midway point of the season, week 10 or so. We'll review and, and figure out who won this draft. We're going to keep it snake style here, Gary, snake draft style, keeping in the theme of the fantasy football world. So Gary, I'll give you the honors. Kick us off with your sports card 101 for the 2022 NFL season. All right. So I'm, I'm going to go with a little strategy here because, you know, I, I think there are some cards that I, I like for a pure Delta perspective that I think can get a little later on in the draft. So okay. I'm going to go. Game theory. The, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with the guy that we talked about that we're investing. We're co-investing in together and everything that adds up to me to this card. Uh, taking a big increase when I think he gets back into his MVP type of ways on a contract year. And I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, uh, the base PSA 10. We're going to use base for everything here uh, unless base doesn't exist. So like the 2015, uh, 16, 17 classes on home stack. But I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson, still a $382 card on card ladder right now with a pop of, what does that pop up to? Uh, pop, of, you know, well under a thousand total cards. So, you know, for me, yeah, pop only 637 on a $380 card for who we can expect to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, on the, again, on that contract year, we're, we're, you know, we're going to end this thing around week nine or 10. So, you know, I'm expecting him to still have those fresh legs, expecting him to go back to being so run first. And I just think that this card still does have $500 upside. So, you know, I don't think we'll see too many cards get, you know, a growth of 20 ish percent or whatever like that that I'm expecting. So, this is my, this is the one that stands out to me the most. I'll go Lamar 101. I like I like the Lamar 101 call, and I'm glad that you're uh, you're still on board after a couple of weeks. It's it's interesting because I know there was some movement throughout the preseason with quarterbacks that were performing in the preseason, and a couple of guys that I think we'll get into didn't play a single snap in the preseason, and that may have kept their markets cooled as their name stayed out of the national media attention. So I think that uh, a couple of guys that we'll get into today kind of benefited from the last couple of weeks of not really being in the spotlight as their teams rested the starters throughout their playoff run uh, in true snake style. I will take the one Oh two in the, the two one, as we round out our quarterback pools here, I'm going to use a little game theory too, because I think there's one or two guys on my list that have a potential for higher overall Delta 
Um, but I don't know if you'll even have them on your board. So I'm going to take a guy that I don't know. I don't think necessarily has uh, that. I think that, that I guess I just think he might be the next guy up for you. Uh, I, d- I definitely think he's obviously got the Delta potential there, but I think he you're high on him this year as well. I think there's a lot of reasons to be high on him. And that is Jalen hurts. And I actually think this one's pretty easy. Uh, you know, a guy that, that, you know, maybe we should talk about an, a joint investment in, in this guy, maybe something a little bit higher in, but you know, everything about the Eagles offseason to me has suggested that they're pushing their chips in the middle. And this is the year for Jalen hurts to prove that he can be the guy. They, of course, you know, uh, looking at, looking at all the stuff on, on ETR, they have Brandon Thornton's top ranked overall offensive line. They of course add an alpha to the wide receiver core with AJ Brown to pair on the outside with Devonta Smith. Everything to me suggests, hey, this is a team, especially in the NFC, especially in an NFC East that might be a little bit weak this year with Dallas dealing with all the injuries that they have across their offensive line, across the wide receiver position, down to 22 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're co favorites to win the East. Hurts himself is 20 to 1 to win MVP. And the hobby is still obsessed with these modern quarterbacks, as you mentioned, at uh, with, with around the national. No one was asking for for more cards than Jalen Hurts. So I still think that there's kind of this fever of wanting to people wanting to get their hands on Jalen Hurts. And, and once he gets on the field with all of those weapons now with a top ranked offensive line in a division and in a conference that I think Philadelphia can legitimately win, I think there's plenty of outs this season for Jalen Hurts. His base prism PSA 10 last sold for $94, has a pop count just north of 1500 I mean, I think you could be selling these things for 150 by week five, right? They open with the Lions, the Vikings, the Commanders, and Jaguars. You could be looking at an Eagles team that's 4-0 heading into week five. And, I mean, those things could have really popped quickly. So, love Jalen Hurts. Uh, needed to grab him before I thought you would take him in the second round. Yeah, he probably would have been my my second round pick there. You know, and, and the pop isn't so out of control like, like uh, Herbert or either and even though it'll continue to grow i don't think it would impact the floor price because it is low enough on both sides with the pop and the price there yeah as much as i hate to say it i think the eagles should be heavy heavy favorites to win this division um mm-hmm. this year and it pains me uh because you know I, I really despise that team um but yeah i, I still think that they're too cheap in best ball uh hurts you know is going around 60th overall but i think devonta and goddard and even aj brown has upside there even at the end of the second round so yeah, exciting team for sure over there. Uh, so you get you go again, right? That yep. was the first pick. Yeah, go ahead. I'll take the, the first pick of the second round. I'm going to keep it in the NFC. This uh, this will be a little bit of a theme, I think, but I'll, I'll, I've got some AFC guys teed up as well. Another guy that uh, you know didn't really benefit from being on the field in the preseason as Cliff Kingsbury rested every single one of his regular season contributors. Shout out to cliff for helping us out on the preseason side but i want to continue to bet on nfc quarterbacks man and the afc is extremely loaded with talent at that position and if i think somebody can come out of one of these conferences i think it's one of these young nfc quarterbacks that could separate so kyler murray with this first overall pick in the second round d hop rondell moore hollywood you know i i think that they've got enough weapons there for kyler with his ability dual threat ability i think they they can win a bunch of games i think they can come out of the NFC be a playoff team and be somebody that makes some noise in the postseason as well as kind of a dark horse. Um, as I mentioned, didn't play in the preseason. His stuff is down 25% over the last 30 days. And I think part of that is just because he wasn't in, in, in the, the national focus at all, right? Being on the sidelines wasn't somebody that, that anyone was talking about. So 
You can find his uh, base prism PSA 10s right now. Pop count of 2,700. Last sold right around $100. Um, you know, that's that's off a of peaks of 155, 160 even over the last 30 days. So I think once he gets back on the field, once he gets D-hop back around week six, I think Rondale Moore is going to fill in fine in the Christian Kirk role. Hollywood, obviously a guy that, you know, I like, but I think that this is a guy, Kyler Murray, that we could see this card spike a little bit throughout the course of the regular season. Yeah, agreed. And definitely on my short list. And I think if we were doing like, uh, even, you know, just a court, if we were going to recheck in on this a week four or something like that, he may have been my, my first pick a similar, you know, when he's fully healthy at the beginning of seasons, like, you know, he, let's not forget how, how great this guy is when he's completely, completely healthy. Um, but I think that there's a real chance that that continues into later in the season. He's going to get DeAndre Hopkins back after six games. They obviously bring in Marquise Brown. Uh, we saw the chemistry he had with Zach Ertz. Like there's just a lot to, to like about the Arizona offense for sure. Even with fake sharp cliff Kingsbury at the helm. Uh, there so yeah like that pick for sure um hmm, a couple i have a bunch of names here and like I'm, I'm just trying to think from a straight delta perspective um but i'm gonna go i'm gonna dip deep deep, deep down into the the uh the value bin here the bargain bin okay. because i think i think we're both sharp enough where you might take some one of these guys off my hands here and I'm going to go, maybe a little bit of a surprise pick here, but I'm going to go Marcus Mariota with my second okay. pick here. His prism is only a pop of 74, okay, from the 2015 class, and it's a $15 card right now. Um, when you talk about, look, I don't think Desmond Ritter is really a, a threat to start until much, much later in the season. I think Mariota has that job locked up. I think the, the Falcons offense obviously is not going to be some sort of world beater, but I think that it could be a little bit better than we expected, um, liked what I saw out of the preseason other offense. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's still creative ways to use Cordero Patterson. They obviously bring in Drake London with the eighth overall pick. And I, I think everyone is super excited about the second year leap for Kyle Pitts when you bring in the rushing floor a, a little bit as well. We haven't seen him really start in a handful of years. And it's not like he was ever, you know, that horrible. He's just a lower end NFL starter, but if he's able to revitalize his career, and even if they want to turn the page to Desmond Ritter at some point, if he's able to show that he is, you know, once again, a middle of the pack NFL starter, then he has a floor at least to double that $15 card into $30. And I'm looking for a percentage increase here. Uh, I just think it's a little bit, maybe am I playing the game a little bit here with, with the with the game we set up? Sure. But I think when you're talking about a $15 card, who I think I, a guy has a much longer leash than, uh, you know, someone like Mitch Trubisky or someone else this season. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a smart play for this type of format. And we've talked about these veteran quarterbacks, right? But when we've talked about them, it's been Ryan Tannehill. It's been Matthew Stafford. And, and some of these guys did see deltas throughout the course of the regular season. But Marcus Mariota from the 2015 class, you know, a guy even, you know, Jameis Winston. I think these guys still carry a little bit of love, right? If they can show something on the field. So Marcus Mariota, I like that. He's going to have the dual threat ability, the rushing ability, obviously tied to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I don't think that offense is going to be nearly as bad as a lot of people suggest it will be. Uh, certainly probably not in the upper echelon of the the current NFL landscape, but I don't, I think it's going to be a, a lot better than than people expect it to. So I like I like that shout. And yeah, you're playing the game a little bit, but that's what we're here for. We're here to make money and yep. we're here to win, baby. Just win. That's it. That's it. All right. So you got you got I'll your two the, off the board. 
the downside to a card like that because the pop is so low is that there's not even enough sales to, to properly you know yeah do, you know have this data so keep that in mind but so but yeah i mean those, if there those are pop even, counts those yeah. pop counts that are kind of in that that middling range where it's not five thousand like it is for joe burrow but it's not 74 like it is for marcus right. Mariota. you get right. enough circulation enough uh, you know sales data where you can start to see those uh realize those gains in the prices throughout the course of the regular season i think exactly all right um you know this I think all of the uh, the names left just to give uh, a little bit away here uh, for me. Actually, I go back to back, right? So I don't have to throw it back yeah. to you. Uh, you know, they're, they're brand guys for me, right? We've we've been on the show for over a year now. Cody has invested in so many bad quarterbacks, so many countless bad quarterbacks that it's it's almost laughable at this point. <laughs> so I'm going right back to the well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, to a tag of Iloa. Nice. I've already invested enough. I, I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on two of this season and look you know we're going to use the base prism psa 10 i don't think you need to invest in Tua's base prism psa 10 if you're interested in Tua like i am but we're going to you know we're going to continue to monitor this card to keep things consistent uh, over the last month it's been around 85 dollars topping out just north of 100 so using that as a barometer i think that this card has room to grow with a pop count of over 2500 you know looking at the back to the 2018 class even the 2500 pop count isn't absurd when you look at like josh allen has a pop count of 1600 um you know so i think that there is some room for this pop count to rise but also room for the card to grow as well you know when you look at the stuff on the field for tua he's obviously going to have to improve and going to have to show something and kind of what many are considering a make or break year for him but with the offense uh under the helm of, of mike mcdaniel with game changer tyree kill with a competent wide receiver three and cedric wilson you know, obviously the, the sophomore season for Jalen Waddell, they add Teron Armstead to an uh, offensive line. I think that they did enough for me this offseason to say, okay, you know, last year I, I, I invested in Tua, made the mistake. I'm, I'm willing to make that same mistake again to hopefully hit the ceiling for what we think Tua can be. I think we're, we're not really that far removed from Tua being a guy that people were high on over Justin Herbert. And now he's, that that's, that's passed him by. He's not going to be Justin Herbert, but I think he is worth more than a you know $85 prism base PSA 10 card at this point. I think that there's some delta there. And especially on the the color refractor stuff, if he goes out and this offense looks like what we think it can look like with these yak guys and Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and he can he can get them the ball. Um, you know, I think that there's still some room to grow for Tua. Obviously one of these modern guys uh, that you know the the hobby still has some affection to. So I like investing in Tua again. Uh, I, I just hope I don't get burned for a second or third straight year on, on Tua. No, he was on my short list as well. And it's, you know, the similar thesis for someone else that we talk a lot about um, is that like, you know, whatever we get here from Mike McDaniel should be the the pinnacle of what we get out of Tua. Um, you know, I, I don't know where Thorne has them in offensive line rankings. You know, su surprisingly, because I looked it up before the show as well, Thorne's got him ranked 25th, but like okay. reading through his blurbs, it seems like he thinks that there's probably room to grow for this offensive yeah. line if they can show some cohesion in the early part of the year. And a couple of these guys are really young if they can develop a little bit. Um, you know, it sounded like he he would be willing to move them up. So I'm, I'm kind of with that. They were like the worst offensive line unit last year. They add, I mean, just adding Tron Armstead should be enough to, to bump sure. this up a little bit. And then if they can get some growth, uh, from some of these young guys, then maybe we, you know, we see at least an NFL average unit 
Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, bringing in Hill and uh, Edmonds and Mostert and like, oh, just overall weapons all around him with just the fact that Mike McDaniel does wonders with quarterbacks in these offenses here. I think, you know, we'll, we'll know. We should know by the end of the year and, you know, taking the gamble on the talent mixed with the new scheme and personnel. I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. All right, so you're up again, and then I'll take the last two, right? We'll do four. Yep. I am going to close it out here with uh, with not Daniel Jones. Uh, I'll leave him for you if that is someone <laughs> you so choose to yeah. draft. Uh, but I'm, again, looking for Delta here, obviously, at the, the name of the game. I'm willing to go back to a guy that I'm not even totally sold on as a talent, nor am I even really sold on his team going anywhere in 2022. But Baker Mayfield is a guy that, especially after everything that happened to him in Cleveland, uh, I, I think that there are still some subsection of the fan base here, you know, NFL fan base of NFL collectors that know this guy and want to root for this guy and kind of want to root for his storyline. I think that that will drive media attention a little bit. And, and Baker, for everything that's good and bad about him, is going to be in the national media focus, at least for certain portions of this season, if this Carolina offense can be, you know, even competent. And it's easy to poke holes in, in Baker's game. It's easy to poke holes in this Panthers team in general. But Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the league. DJ Moore, probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. The offensive line isn't great, but they did draft Icky Akonwu to the left tackle position. You know, they even go out and uh, and, and uh, trade for LaVisca Chenault, fantasy, fantasy football favorite LaVisca Chenault. So there's a lot of things, I think, arrow pointing up for, for Baker from kind of the uh, – off the field stuff with everyone rooting for him, given what happened between he and, and Cleveland. And then, you know, maybe the game isn't as bad as it looked last year on the field. So I have reasons to be interested in Baker this year. His 2018 Prism PSA 10 has a pop count just under a thousand last sold for $113, which is right around his three month average. So it's been pretty flat lately. Uh, you know, again, not totally sold on Baker not totally sold on the Carolina Panthers, but uh, a guy that I'm I'm kind of rooting for, which I haven't necessarily been the last couple of years, and maybe that will get people excited about him from a collectible standpoint. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he was also on my short list, so not not surprised to see that. Yeah, excited about Baker this year, and I feel like I've actually been trying to snag him a little bit more at the end of mm -hmm. uh, best ball drafts. Just I think there's there's an upside to that Panthers offense, you know, with DJ Moore playing with the best quarterback he's played with, Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, we're banking on being healthy for the full or the majority of the season, and that alone, with the fact that Matt Rule is going to be trying to save his job and I think air the ball out, uh, really, you know, lines up well for this Panthers offense. I think so. I like it. Um, you know, and even right after Week One, man, if he's able to go out and beat the Browns, uh, you know, he'll be extra motivated. I think there's a there's big uh, storyline narratives going on going on there. So. For sure. All right. So I went one obviously high end quarterback. I went one really low end. I'll come back in the middle with my last two picks here. Um, or I guess, no, you know what I do? I got to take Daniel Jones with one of my picks. I got to take Daniel Jones with one of my picks. <laughs> I knew a, it was coming. It, it's a no brainer. He's $32 <laughs> card, 2,600. What I was trying to get out with two, it's the exact same thesis. He's going to, like, we'll know. Yeah. It, it, this is it. Like, it's the best situation he's ever going to be in. The offensive line is, you know, I think Thorne ranks 23 ish now, way better than the last you know, a couple of years where they've been bottom two or three in the league, you know, they have, he should, he should be more well protected. Saquon Barkley looks as strong as he ever has. And man, Brian Dable, I'm just excited about the offense. I mean, you know, take what you want out of preseason play, but the offense looked really good in the preseason. They were 
uh, the most efficient offense from the starters of by all advanced metrics. They were they were operating at a fast pace. I saw motion in that backfield. Now, is there reasons to be concerned with a ton of question marks out of the receiving core with Kenny Galladay potentially sucking, Kadarius Tony's health, Wondell Robinson being a 5'7 rookie, Colin Johnson going down for the season? Yes, these are all problems. I, I understand it. But I also think that, you know, which you, there's enough of depth there that whichever two, three or, or so they could squeeze onto the field in any given week, Daniel Jones will be able to make the most of it. I still am, you know, concerned about lots of things, you know, if, from his anticipation time, uh, the way he is reading second and third reads. Uh, the, it, there's lots to be concerned about, but we'll know all this year and at a 30, pretty much a $30 gamble on his base PSA 10 uh, pop of 2,600, so similar to Tua. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't mind the, the gamble at all and hope that the Giants are just playing 500 ball and he's putting up numbers where, you know, you're, you're gaining some money on that card. So, why why not, up. baby? You've you've been yeah. with us from the beginning when we were <laughs> investing in Daniel Jones. Now you've got the best situation of his career. And yeah, the Kenny Galladay stuff, man, obviously, we've been paying attention throughout the entire preseason. You've, of course, been paying attention to everything throughout the course of the preseason. It's it's a bummer. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever the case may be with with Kenny Galladay, obviously you see the reports of the lack of motivation, or maybe he's just complete dust at this point. Who knows? Uh, but it was it was not a a fun preseason being no. a Kenny Galladay fan. So hopefully it's Sterling Shepard, it's Kadarius Tony if if he can stay healthy, and Wanda Robinson who can kind of carry the uh, the pass catching load for this offense. But yeah, Saquon looking good. The offensive line being in as good a shape as it has been since he's been there, and then just the fact that Brian Dable's offense is going to create some level of, of baseline competency for Daniel Jones has to have you encouraged. If you've been investing up to this point, you got to write it one more year, uh, you know, through the end of this thing and see how things work out between uh, Daniel Jones and Brian Dable. So I'm with you there. He was of course on my list. I just wanted to leave him for the New York giants fan of the podcast and, and hope that you would take the bait there. Okay. Yes. Uh, well said. All right. So, but we should we should know we we pretty much have intentionally left twenty one twenty one class out of this exercise. It's just hard. The pop counts are super low as of right now. You know, people still getting their cards back for Prism uh, from PSA if they've even sent them in. Um, you know, we just got that Prism release a couple months ago. So I think we'll obviously monitor those prices throughout the season. I think just some honorable mentions that you and I have both been interested in throughout this offseason include Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. I think, you know, probably the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields tier is somewhat cheap as well to, to take a game on and Davis Mills too. I mean, you know, should have the entire season to show that he's NFL ready. So I think all five of those six of those guys are interesting for in-season increases. Uh, but, you know, between the fact that they're, you know, pop counts really low and whatever is hitting the market's going to be inflated because there is so little in there. We need more time before we can properly include them in the, this exercise. So my last pick, I'm going to go backwards. And, you know, I've spoken a lot about I'm scared of this generation just because we, we don't see it move too much in the preseason. You know, we talked about Tannehill as an invest as a thesis last year. We talked about Stafford around the Super Bowl. We've talked about, uh, you know, this this guy a lot as well. And some guys I was considering in the similar vein that have much similar, uh, much better offseason increases. I was considering Derek Carr here, um, you know, someone that obviously going to be in the toughest division in football, but gets the you know, the best receiver in football coming to him here going to be, uh, you know, increased passing offense. Uh, obviously, Josh McGann is coming over. Lots of reason to be bullish there. Didn't want to go there just because I'm a little bit scared of if they're going to be able to make the playoff run type of thing like that in the division. Um, and then, you know, some other guys I think that are interesting. Matt Ryan has uh, $139 tops Chrome card right now. I think the Colts can make a run, but I just I'm scared being in the AFC. So I, I didn't want to take too much of a run there. But there is one guy who is a surefire Hall of Famer who 
you know, definitely had the best, you know, a huge upgrade from what he was dealing with, with Boomer Pete Carroll. And that's, that's Russell Wilson. So listen, I mean, you have both the tops in the prism. We've spoken about that a lot. We're doing prism for the point of this exercise. So it's prism 2012 base PSA 10, $376 card, card ladder values it at right now. That's a pop of 576. Um, you know, at one point, this card was almost a $1,300 card last September, uh, 2021. So, I mean, we, just the fact that we know that it at any point was able to get up that high, he's going into Denver with a, you know, an excellent fan base with excellent weapons sucks that they lost Tim Patrick, but I'm really bullish on the Broncos this year overall. Yeah. I get, he's a little bit on the wrong side of the age model, but I still think there's a lot of good football left there, man. I think, I think Pete Carroll and that boomer offense was really holding him back over the last couple of years. And I think the change of scenery, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Alberto, the two running backs, good offensive line, all, all this stuff that can can really add up and solid defense too to a special season in store for Russell Wilson. I think the excitement of that new scenery and the potential of a playoff run really will give this chance this card a high ceiling. There's a chance it stays pretty stagnant if he just kind of lives up to expectations and doesn't exceed them. But I think when we're taking a shot here, uh, the ceiling's rather high. And when you talk about these 2012, 2013, 2014 quarterbacks, as we, you know, we did with the, with Matt Stafford, as we did a little bit with Ryan Tannehill, like you have to remember that there's got to be some, like some cultural relevancy off the field too. It's not just about on-field performance, which we can get sucked into so often, but like they also have to kind of make it, make it move, if you will, off the field as well. And, and from that generation of quarterback, from that class, that group of, of kind of the veteran established veteran guys, like if there's anybody that is going to, you know, make it move, if you will, off the field, it's going to be Russell Wilson, ask your wife, ask your girlfriend, ask your mom, if they know who Russell Wilson is, and they're going to, they're going to pick him out of a lineup nine times out of 10 before they pick Matt Stafford or Ryan Tannehill out of a lineup, just because of the, the Sierra uh, attachment. And just the fact that he's more of a pop cultural, uh, icon than any of the rest of these quarterbacks from that generation. So if, uh, if the hobby doesn't love him because, uh, you know, because he's not, uh, an ultra modern quarterback as the hobby has fallen in love with, at least there will be some cultural relevancy, uh, for, for, you know, the old age. Yep. Agreed there. Um, Yes, that'll do it. Obviously, I'll su- I will sum up these these two teams here in a second. You know, I'm sure you noticed no Patrick Mahomes, no Josh Allen um, on this list. I mean, the reason being is it's hard. You know, obviously those those cards can increase, but you know Patrick Mahomes PSA 10 silver, which is all they have for that class, is a four thousand dollar card right now. Could it go to 4,800, 5,000? Sure. But, you know, coming in at such a high floor is tough to bank on. Josh Allen has so many variations of those good rookie cards. His prism is a base is a 500 something dollar card on a pop of, to say, oh, sorry, $650 card on a pop of 1,600. I could see going up a little bit, but not to the same extent of some of these guys that were taking shots on for the massive Delta. So again, not an exercise of who we think are the best quarterbacks in the league, but who has the highest upside to grow from a collectible standpoint this year. Obviously some decent investments on NFL all day. Hope you enjoyed that uh, episode last week too. I know we had a lot of fun with that. Um, Some good drops come back for that too. So I think we're going to be involved in that this season as well. Just to sum up real quick, our two teams each have four quarterbacks. I have Lamar Jackson. That's a $382 card on a pop of 600 or so. Uh, Marcus Mariota, a $15 card on a pop of 74. Daniel Jones, a $32 card on a pop of 2,600. And Russell Wilson, a $384 card on a pop of 576. Cody has Jalen Hurts, a $94 card on a pop of 1,500. Kyler, a $100 card on – I didn't miss the pop on that. I don't know if you had – that one, I think it's like 3000 or something like that. Um, so yeah, 2,800 or so. 2,800. Yep. Yep. On uh, Kyler, 
Tua, $84 card on a pop of 2,600. And then Baker is a $104 card on a pop of, uh, what do we got there? I don't think it's too high because it's the same thing as those 2018 classes, right? I think but, it was uh, 1,000. Okay, yeah, not bad. Um, not bad at all. Yeah, 962, so under 1,000. So there you go. We're going we're gonna to take all these up, see what kind of inc a delta increase we can get from a percentage perspective by week 9 or 10, and we'll, re we'll revisit these. But just guys that we're, we're bullish on from a potential to increase in season. And I think if, if there's any of these guys that you heard us talk about and you want to get uh, invested in before the season kicks off, certainly keep in mind colored refractors, numbered refractors, you know, patch autos, uh, chase inserts, things of that nature for some of these more modern quarterbacks with higher pop counts. Totally makes sense as well. I think you'll experience that same level of delta if their base cards increase in price throughout the course of the regular season. You're going to see that same thing happen to those higher end cards as well. Yep. Yep. Agreed there. Agreed there. So, All right, buddy. We've got a we've got a giveaway to get to. We're going to do it next week. I think it'll coincide perfectly with kickoff as we'll likely record Tuesday or Wednesday of next week before the Thursday showdown between the Bills and the Rams. We have three separate giveaways to do for that show, all of them tied to a Justin Herbert uh, patch card. Yeah, I believe kind of right around $100 value for those sets, those three lots. And uh, Gary will give those away to anyone who has liked, uh, rated, reviewed the show on whichever platform you listen to it uh, from, from podcasts. And if you have subscribed to the YouTube cha channel as well, Establish the Collection YouTube channel. We've got our own channel now, and it's it's the fastest growing collectibles channel in the industry i think uh, i don't have that don't don't quote me on that um uh, but yes you know, if you guys <laughs> if you guys subscribe to the channel rate review the podcast wherever you listen to it and then send that to gary or myself via dm or the show we would greatly appreciate it help help keep the show growing help keep the lights on for us help us keep doing this content for free we'll leave it there we'll see you guys next week for nfl kickoff and for gary i'm cody good luck everybody Take care, everybody.